Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever the heck in the world you are, it's the one and only V, the Gorilla Economist, and we have with us a man that needs, simply needs no introduction whatsoever. It is the one and only Harley Schlanger. Uh, he's with the LaRouche Pack. Uh, you can find him on LaRouchePack.com as well as the Schiller, the Schiller Institute.org. Harley is a voice of clarity and reason in a very, very chaotic world. So without further ado, Harley, how are you, sir? I'm doing fine, V. How are you? Oh, we're doing great. I mean, Harley, there's a lot of lot of things going on in Europe, a lot of things going on with the Iranian situation. We've had some headway here on the Korean Peninsula, so I'm happy about that. But we got some loose ends. We got some Saudi-Israeli action against the so-called supposed Iranian targets uh, in northern Syria. Where do you want to start in this ball of yarn today? Well, I, I think we have to talk about all of these things, but I'd like to just call people's attention to the higher order principle here that's behind these things. If you go back to Russiagate, the, the decision to try to keep Trump from changing the direction of the Bush and Obama years, we've seen an unbroken string of frauds, of lies, of false flags, of terrorist activity, of uh, regime change coups, all designed to either get rid of Trump forcing him out through impeachment or the 25th Amendment, uh, or to tie his hands so that he has no choice but to rely on the old neocon networks to keep him in power. We saw that that's what old Russiagate is about. That's what the Skripal affair, the so-called poisoning in, in Britain, which no longer is talked about because it's clear that that was a fraud concocted by MI6 and the collapsing Theresa May anti-Brexit government. Uh, the so-called chemical weapons attack in Duma. Again, no mention of that recently in the media because it, uh, it didn't happen, uh, but it was used to launch a strike against Syria. Then you had the Netanyahu hysterical lying program where he claimed that Iran lied before the agreement in 2015 and then has been lying since the agreement. And then later when pressed by his own intelligence community, Netanyahu had to admit that, well, not all of this is true, but it was still a bad deal. And in the meantime, Israel, with the full backing of the British and American forces, is launching strikes against Iranian positions inside Syria with mixed results. Now, what's clear in the smaller picture is that Israel and Saudi Arabia are in an alliance against Iran to uh, launch a new war in the Middle East. Now, the bigger picture is that this is not against Iran, it's against Russia, it's against China, and it's against President Trump. And Trump has to figure this out because it risks some damage to the otherwise wonderful potential on the Korean Peninsula. And I say that because 
It's one thing to say, well, we, we need a new agreement with Iran. Maybe that'll happen. But in the meantime, this decision he made plays into the hands of the hardliners in Iran who are itching for an excuse to throw out Rouhani and to go back toward uh, an anti-American policy. Now, that doesn't do anything except put us closer to a new war in the Middle East. So I think <clears throat> the reason it's important to go through this chronology is to show that the people who were responsible for Russiagate have launched these series of provocations in the last month and a half, two months, to try to force Trump to go against his stated intention of working with Russia and China. And I'll, I'll just conclude this opening by saying that the most important thing that Trump can do is stay on the phone with Xi Jinping and get together with Putin as soon as possible to try and work this out. Uh, the fact that Iran said they're willing to stay in the, the agreement, even without the United States, is an opening for a possible renegotiation. But I think it's going to require some very skillful diplomacy, which means that Trump has to not listen to any of the neocons around him, any of the media provocations against him. Uh, he should do whatever he can to avoid being provoked by Mueller, but work toward collaboration with Xi Jinping and with Putin, which has worked so far in Korea. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. I think now more than ever, it is uh, very important for all three of them to work. You know, the funniest thing that I see here, Harley, if the crazy mullahs, if the religious mullahs uh, in Iran decide to... Look at that. I just activated Siri. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. Excuse me. Sorry about that. I don't know how that happened. But um, if the crazy mullahs decided to, you know, use this as an opportunity to really go after Rouhani, and Rouhani has been very reformative in Iran. Uh, the young people seem to like Rouhani a lot more. Iran's population is mostly young people. They want westernization. They, they want modernization, but not westernization. And there are some things about the West that they do like. For them to come down on the, on the anti-American clip, these idiot mullahs need to realize this is not 1972 and go or 1979, and this is not the this this is not the environment for another Islamic revolution, Harley. Right? No, not at all. And the fact is that the more they do that, the more they play into Netanyahu's narrative. So it's important. Exactly. That's why I think it was important that Netanyahu met with Putin on Victory Day in Moscow, that Putin is continuing to talk to Iran. The Russians are playing a role pulling together this Iran, Turkey, Syria, Iraq uh, coordination. You've got the Shanghai Cooperation Organization meeting coming up uh, next month in China for the first time with full partnership with India and Pakistan. So there are a lot of diplomatic initiatives that could offer a way out of this. Now, at the same time, I'll, I'll tell you, the, to me, the most interesting thing is to watch what's happening in Europe, because on the one hand, you have this character, Macron, who is looking more and more like an Inspector Clouseau type. Who's <laughs> I have failed. Harley, remember what Clouseau always says, I have failed where others have succeeded. Yeah. And the uh, in Chief Inspector Dreyfus kept saying, every day in every way, I'm getting I'm better and better. better. <laughs> You've got a farce as far as Macron is concerned. But what's happening in Germany is fascinating. 
the German industry came out with a very strong statement uh, two days ago after the new U.S. ambassador. He's been ambassador in Germany for, for three days now. His first day there, he issued a declaration to German firms that they must get out of Iran immediately. And the former German foreign minister Steinmeier said, well, we expect you to represent American interests, but don't come here telling us what to do. Now, what's interesting about that is that's a sovereign reaction from a German political leader. And the German Industrial Association is prepared to challenge the idea of an extraterritorial power, that is the United States, telling German firms that they cannot do business with Russian or Iranian or Chinese firms. Now, this also goes not just to the United States, but to the European Union. And so in an ironic way, this is triggering an uprising of a nationalist or a sovereign economic nationalist response in Europe to an ill-advised effort to meddle in, in their trade agreements. Now, until this point, Merkel has been a complete poodle for the British and Wall Street interests. Will that change? I don't think so. But are there others in Germany now who will step forward? Now, at the same time, yesterday in Italy, the efforts to have some form of the old parties included in a coalition government collapsed definitively. And now it looks like you're going to have a five-star movement, uh, Lega Nord alliance coming into power. The key thing about the Lega Nord side, and you remember this from our discussions with our friend Marco Zani, they're anti-Euro, anti-EU uh, for Italian sovereignty. And while Italy itself doesn't have the political power to pull this off, they are the, the I think, fourth largest uh, economy in Europe. And they're in a position where they can play an important role in shifting toward the economic nationalism that we're seeing emerge in Germany. We're seeing it in Hungary with Orban. Uh, we're seeing it to some extent in uh, the United Kingdom, except for the treachery of treacherous May, who is trying to play both sides into a, a new postponement to try and get a new vote on Brexit. So, there's a lot going on that's what you might call unintended consequences, which could be for the good. And that's why it's important for Trump to get things together and make sure that he's targeting, when, when he's going against Mueller, he recognizes that it's not just Mueller, but the people behind him, including Wall Street and City of London, who are not his friends. Absolutely correct. What do you think is happening? I mean, it seems really, especially with the last two smackdowns by the two federal judges who have really looking at Mueller with an absolutely incredulous look on their face and saying, who the heck gave you authority and this type of overreach? This is clearly a witch hunt. I mean, that has really taken the sales, the wind out of the sails for Mueller, has it not? Well, I just wrote an article that is, I'll make available to your listeners. Uh, if you want to get a copy of it, you can send it, send me a request to harleysch at gmail.com. In the article, I point out there are actually three recent rulings uh, because the third one goes back to the Flynn case where the government has not been willing to make exculpatory evidence available or Mueller hasn't been willing to. And the judge said he's not going to sentence Flynn until that material is made available. 
which will probably show that Andrew McCabe, the disgraced former number two man to Comey, uh, knew that Flynn did not lie when they charged him with lying to the FBI. Then you had the Ellis, the Judge Ellis, who basically in the Manafort case accused them of unfettered power, uh, prosecutorial abuse. Uh, and the third case was the one that Mueller least expected. That is one of the Russian uh, companies that was indicted with these 13 individuals and three companies actually decided to come to court and demand discovery. Now, what we're seeing is judges in the United States who are not going to roll over with this systemic abuse of power that Mueller thinks is his right. You know, there's, if you look at it, they haven't proven a damn thing about anything yet. They've gotten a few people entrapped so that they were indicted for lying to the FBI. They're going after Manafort on, on charges that have nothing whatsoever to do with Russia uh, and which are questionable on the face of them. And they claim they've had all these victories, all these people uh, ready to go to prison, and, and it's now just a matter of time till they get Trump. And I think Trump finally got the point when he said he's not going to let them entrap him by going for an, an uh, under oath testimony before Mueller's people. So what's the conclusion of this? Well, there's one other factor to it that I cover in my article. The FBI is falling apart. Look, James yes, Baker was the attorney to Comey who suspected of illegal leaks. He just resigned. Uh, Lisa Page the girlfriend of Peter Strzok, she resigned. And she's uh, uh, under possible indictment from the congressional investigation for her role in the Clinton email case and in the Trump uh, Russiagate. Uh, Peter Strzok, they say, has not been fired because the inspector general, this guy Horowitz, who seems to be an honest fellow, is continuing to uh, uh, talk to him and dig up more incriminating evidence against the FBI. And then I think, V, in, in your neck of the woods, one of the more interesting cases was the rapid fall of Eric Schneiderman, the guy who oh, was forward as the man who's going to get Trump. And here he is, grandstanding in the Harvey Weinstein case. You have four women coming out saying that he was beating them and brutalizing them. Oh, and yeah. what's, his, what's his excuse? role-playing uh, rough sex, consensual rough sex. Uh -huh. So he's gone. <laughs> he's you know, done. This, this, it's interesting to see what um, Friedrich Schiller wrote a poem called The Cranes of Ibicus about cranes that uh, flew over a mugging and a killing. And then those same cranes showed up and identified the men who did the killing. You know, the idea that when you violate nature, nature will strike back. And I think that's what we're seeing now with some of these criminals. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you even look at uh, Dusty Daniels, the uh, washed-up has-been uh, reject who, uh, who's in from the adult film industry. This washed-up hag of a woman and her retarded lawyer. Well, now it's he's, 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 he's on the verge of being disbarred, Harley. He's on the verge of being disbarred. He has allegations coming after him, hot and heavy. And now it's also turning out that this uh, this Dusty Daniels or Stormy Daniels, I think the proper word is Dusty, uh, Dusty Daniels over here uh, is part of that sex cult that Allison Mack, the uh, Hollywood pop tart here, got yeah. pinched for. That she's part of the very same cult and has 
and has on her hip a, uh, a a branded tattoo where you know they brand you like a cattle. Well, a branded tattoo right on her hip that is the X uh, the NXIVM uh, uh, tattoo. It's crazy. You know, Lyndon LaRouche once said, "Don't go after someone if you have something to hide." And exactly. I, I think what we're seeing, uh, whether it's Theresa May, whether it's MI6, Christopher Steele, uh, these are people who figured there would be no resistance to their coup. And even Stormy Daniels, they figured they would become heroes. Uh, they would be uh, uh, held up as, as honest fighters for the American way, when in fact they all have skeletons in their closet. And the only question was, would there be people with the courage to go out and expose it? Now, one of the things that I've done working with Lyndon LaRouche for over 40 years is I've learned that go as aggressively as possible at the top of the networks that are responsible. And people may be incredulous at first. I, I know, I'm sure you've had the same thing. I talk about the British establishment all the time. Uh, people used to say Britain's washed up, Britain's nothing. But now people are beginning to see that what they've mistaken is the British Empire as the deep sea ports compared to the British Empire as the global financial spider web. And so when you begin to get to the truth of things, that it's something you just can't keep hiding this. The evil does come out. And the only question is, there, there are two questions here. One is, I, I finished my article by writing that years from now, people may be eternally grateful to Trump for standing up and fighting against this deep state and not submitting the way past presidents did. But for that to occur, the American people are going to have to be heard. They're going to have to say, we're not going to tolerate this control anymore, this attack on our sovereign nation, this attack on our constitution, attack on our freedoms. We're not going to sit by and merely be informed spectators or passive participants or seeking our own comfort zone, but we're going to come out and fight. And we've seen that. You know, you've been doing that with, with your broadcasts. Uh, there are a number of other uh, not the, the, the less known so-called alt-media, uh, but a lot of them, like you, who fight on the basis of principle. And that's what we've done with LaRouche for all these years, and that's why we're still here. Uh, in spite of all the slanders and attacks and Mr. LaRouche being thrown in prison, uh, in part by Robert Mueller in the late 80s. So my advice to people is don't just look for information. Use your critical thinking to organize others to defend what you cherish about our nation. Because if we don't do it, we're going to lose it. Whether we lose it because of an internal coup, FEMA camps, these kinds of things, or a nuclear war, we're going to lose it unless we can revive the American system. And I, I think that's the lesson of what's been happening in the last weeks and why there's a reason for optimism today. Absolutely. Big time. Harley, thank you so much for joining us and sharing these details with all of us here. I know you've been busy. I know you're um, you know, taking care of things out there in Europe. And we want to thank you for being the voice of reason for many of us and giving us a very fresh perspective uh, for many and realigning the focal, the, the, the focus points uh, for us all. Thank you so much. Okay, V. Talk to you next week. Take care, buddy. All right, TJ.